Welcome to the Truth For Today podcast with your host, Joseph Franta, international minister, speaker, and Bible school instructor. Stay tuned for today's episode. Welcome to our series on Israel and the end of days. What a tremendous subject this is. And we've mentioned previously that Israel is God's time clock, prophetic time clock. They are called to be a witness to the nations of who God is, that the Lord, he is God. And also, Jesus said, and I'm repeating myself, but for those maybe that have missed some of the previous podcasts, Jesus said, watch the fig tree. When its leaves become tender, you know that summer is near. Even so, know that I am near, even at the door. I'm combining another verse in James 5 with that. But you know, we're living in an exciting time. We're living in the end of the age. People say, well, it's the end of the world. No, it's not. We're living in the end of the church age or the the age of grace, the dispensation of grace. And, you know, God has some great things for all believers during this season, during this time. We don't want to miss them, and we certainly don't want to miss our signs. The signs that God's provided for us in the Word of God, they're so clear. You know, the Word of God is so clear. If you don't take away from it or you don't add to it, you just take it at face value. It's so clear, and it gives us a prophetic timeline uh, for the events that are unfolding right now on the world stage, and it's so amazing. You need to get into the Word and read it for yourself. You say, wow, these are are old books. Yeah, that's why they're so great, because God authored them. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God, man or woman of God may be thoroughly furnished or adequate, equipped for every good work. The Bible says, study to show yourself approved to God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, I was in Greece recently, and uh, one of the pastors says that word, rightly dividing, of course, you know, New Testament was written in Greek, so they they know Greek pretty well over there. And so uh, he said that, that one Scripture, it says, rightly dividing the Word of God. He said, it means in the Greek, to cut it straight. I like that, to cut it straight. In other words, get the right, correct meaning of what God is trying to say. So we're, we're going to pick up here now. Last podcast, we went over Isaiah 42. We went over how Israel is God's chosen people, his servant, But of course, they forsook the Lord, they deserted the Lord, and the Lord scattered them, you know, all over the world because of their idolatry and disobedience, their departure from his word. He says in Isaiah earlier that they deeply defected. Well, it's not only them, a lot of the church has deeply defected too from the word of God today. The word of God, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, Jesus said, but my words shall not pass away. So God's word is relevant for today. And anyone who says it's not 
is wrong. Some people say, you know, I, I, I'm not getting into it, but you know, the Bible's very clear. Paul said, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine or sound teaching, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths or fictions or falsehoods. Got a lot of that going on today. And if you're not grounded in the Word of God, how are you ever going to know whether something is true or not? Whether it's truthful or error or deception? There's a lot of deception going on today in the world, in the world system. And the way to guard and defend yourself and keep your life straight is by meditating on the Word of God, reading, studying, meditating on the Word of God, renewing your mind with the Word of God. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may know what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. God wants you to know the truth, because the truth will make you free. That's what Jesus said. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Wow, the truth is what makes you free. And the more you violate truth or the more you move away from truth, the more you lose your freedoms, America. The more we move away from truth and education in our social systems, in our culture, the more we move away from truth, the more we lose our personal freedoms. And that's never the will of God. Okay. We're going to get back into this subject of Israel and the end of days, and I'm going to start in uh, picking up in Isaiah 43. And I have to make a correction because last time I said that Isaiah was written about a thousand years before Christ, and I was thinking about David and all of his Psalms, but no, it's about 700 to 750 years before Christ. The book of Isaiah was written and came forth from Isaiah, the great prophet Isaiah, it, it's a tremendous end-time book. It's 66 books of nothing but prophetic scriptures foretelling. The Messiah was foretold in Isaiah 7 and 9, and his death was foretold in Isaiah 53, 52 and 53, and, and then the glory of God is foretold in Isaiah 60 through 66, we need to understand the whole counsel of God. Let's not camp out on one doctrine. I love faith, I love grace, and I love, you know, prayer, I love all these things, but let's not camp out on one doctrine. Let's understand and teach and preach the whole counsel of God, because it's all very important and all very relevant for today. And I'm not in any way saying that any of those subjects that I just mentioned were not extremely important because they are. But you know what? We need to understand the full counsel of God. Paul said, I, I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. There's a lot in here. 
And we need to understand every bit of it. Go for it. Get all you can get from the Word of God. In Isaiah chapter 43, talking about Israel now, verse 1, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob. Now that's very plain. Of course, Jacob is Israel, always referred to as Israel. But now thus saith the Lord that created, that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel. Could anything be more plain? Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. Oh, great promise for Israel. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. That's literally true because, you know, God changed Jacob's name from Jacob to Israel. Jacob was the usurper, the supplanter, the deceiver. And then when he, when he got right with God, God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. And the word Israel means prince with God. So he even named them. And to this day, they're a prince with God. As, you know, it says about the church that we're kings and priests unto our God. We need to understand the Bible. A prince is royalty and so are kings. All of God's people, no matter what covenant they're in or under, are royalty to God. Okay, Isaiah 43, 1, For I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. You won't be buried by all the persecution. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. In other words, you'll come out not smelling like smoke, but smelling like a rose, Israel, like the rose of Sharon, like the lily of the valley. They're going to go through all sorts of things, just like we as Christians are. We're going to go through all sorts of things, but you know what? God's going to be with us, and therefore we're going to be victorious through, through it all. Andre Crouch, he sang a song long ago, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in him. You know what? That's what you're learning, church. You're learning how to trust in him through it all, that he's more than enough. That he's your anchor, your shield, and you hold in your hand his lightning swift sword, the word of God. It's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. God's equipped us to be victorious in every way, at every level, in every area of our life. He said, but in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. Stand on the promises, walk in the promises, and experience the victory every day of your life. Verse 3, Isaiah 43.3, For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel. I guess that would be pretty clear. That the Lord God Almighty, Elohim, Adonai, Yahuwah, is the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. For I 
am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. Oh, so Israel has a Savior just like the church does. Happens to be the same person, Jesus Christ. I gave Egypt for thy ransom. Sure he did. He delivered them out of Egypt with a mighty hand, with signs and wonders and miracles, culminating in the parting of the Red Sea. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee, since thou wast precious in my sight, Israel. They still are. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and so is his word. Thy word, O Lord, is forever settled in heaven. Psalm 119, 89. Since thou wast precious, Israel, in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give other men, other people, for your life. Therefore I will give men for thee and other people for thy life. Remember Pharaoh, with all of his chariots, all of his army, he was trying to destroy Moses and all the 200 million people, I'm sorry, 2 million plus people coming out of Egypt. He didn't do well coming against God's people, the Red Sea became his resting place. But God's people went through on dry ground and they were delivered. So he gave other people for their life. Verse five, he's just reminding them, the Lord is here, reminding Israel what he's done for them. Verse five, fear not for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. Oh going to regather them. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, keep not them back, or hold them not back. Bring my sons from afar, and my daughters from the ends of the earth. This is the regathering of Israel, like the four winds of the earth, bringing them all back to their own homeland, reestablishing them as a nation in 1948, however, they were coming back long before that. 1910, even in the later 1800s, some were coming back to the land of Israel. So I will bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth, even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. Created who? Israel. God created them for his glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Yeah, because Abraham made a covenant with God. Or I should say God made a covenant with Abraham that he would be a father of many nations, that all the families of the earth would be blessed in him. God said about Abraham and about Israel and back as far as Genesis 12, I will bless those who bless thee and I will curse those who curse thee. You know, that is still in force today. So be a supporter and a blessing to Israel and you'll have God's blessing on your life. Verse eight, bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this and show us former things? Let them bring forth their witnesses that they may be justified or let them hear and say it is truth. In other words, God's saying, look, I can proclaim and foretell the future. You know anyone else that can do that? 
There's a lot of wise men on the earth today, but not any of them can foretell the future. They may predict the future, but it may be not exactly the way it comes out. But God foretells the future through the prophets, through the mouths and voices of the prophets. And every word of God comes to pass. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not spoken and will he not do it? Has he not promised and will he not bring it to pass? The Bible says it's impossible for God to lie. And God said in, in, through John in, in the book of John, John 16, 13, he says that I'm, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And he's going to disclose to you the things that are to come. A lot of times people are just so, I don't know, ignorant of this or, or else they're, they forget about it. Let's go there for just a minute. John 16, 13 in the New Testament, John, he described himself as the apostle whom Jesus loved. Great man of God, of course, God used him to write the book of Revelation. John the Revelator, so to speak, and... But he said something here that I think is worth noting in John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, this is Jesus, it's all in red letters, Jesus speaking. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. Hear from the Father, that is. And he shall show you or disclose to you, in another translation, the things that are to come. He shall glorify me, the Holy Spirit, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, because Jesus said, I and the Father are one. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore said I, that he shall take of mine and shall show it or disclose it unto you. Wow. And the Holy Spirit is in every book of the Bible in the sense that God used the Holy Spirit to speak through all these prophets and all these writers of every book of the Bible to reveal to us the things that were to come and to reveal the truth of God and to reveal the reality of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, to mankind so they wouldn't miss him when he came. They'd be able to recognize him, not by physical attributes or characteristics, but they'd be able to recognize the Messiah by what was written about him, what was prophesied about him. And Jesus fulfilled every messianic prophecy of the Old Testament. He was the Lamb of God, the sacrificial Lamb, the suffering Savior. He was the king, the little baby born in Bethlehem, prophesied in Micah 5.2. He was the king who sat on uh, a donkey's colt and entered Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, who they said, Hosanna, Hosanna, 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They knew that he was the son of David. They knew he was the promised Messiah. But what they didn't really understand was that he came the first time as the redeemer to pay the price for their sins. The second time he will come as the conquering Christ. And his kingdom, the kingdoms of this world, will become the kingdoms of our Lord. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And his dominion will be forever and ever and ever. They sold him for 30 pieces of silver. That's prophesied in the Old Testament. They spit on him. They treated him shamefully. That's prophesied in Psalm 22. He was the seed of the woman that would bruise the head of the serpent. That was prophesied in Genesis chapter 3. The types and the symbols are almost endless in the Bible, the types of Christ. And the symbolic nature of his ministry. He fulfilled all of it. He said, I did not come to remove or destroy the law, but to fulfill it. He fulfilled all the commandments, the entire law for us. For us. So that when we receive Christ, we are gifted the righteousness of God in him. Because according to God, he fulfilled the law for us. That's Romans chapter 8, 1 through 4. On and on it goes. The Lord was pleased to crush him if he would become a guilt offering. He interceded for the transgressors, Isaiah 53, and bore the sin of many. Actually, he bore everyone's sins, but not everyone receives it. He was the high priest who holds his priesthood permanently in the book of Hebrews. On and on. Through every book of the Bible, you can find Jesus Christ. Prophesied, talked about, written about, described. the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. Wow. The Ancient of Days, Daniel described him as the Ancient of Days. That was the Father God, but you know, Jesus was back there with him. So on and on it goes, all these types of Christ, the Living One, the Everlasting One, the Holy One, Okay, now back in Isaiah 43. He says, verse 10, talking to Israel, you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. Says it over and over again about Israel, there is servant that he has chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be any after me. Verse 11, 
I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. I have declared and have saved and have showed forth when there was no strange God among you. Therefore, ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and I am God. That's what their purpose was in the earth, to be God's witnesses to all the nations that God was God, that the Lord, he was God. And they're going to fulfill it. And many of you out there will fulfill it as you submit to the will of God for your life. Verse 13, yea, before the day was, and I love the other translation, New American Standard, even from eternity I am he. Isaiah 43, 13. This is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah. Even from eternity I am he. It's called the eternal one. And only the eternal one can give the gift of eternal life. Eternal life is not just a time span, really. Eternal life is a person. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he comes to live in you, and it says that you are placed or baptized into him. You're baptized into the eternal one. And your eternal life starts at that moment. Eternal life, we're not waiting. Us born-again Christians, we're not waiting for eternal life until uh, after we you know, pass from this life, no. He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God in order that you may know that you have eternal life. In the Greek, it's zoe, Z-O-E, the God kind of life or divine life. It's all in the Bible. All you have to do is study it, understand what it's saying by the Spirit of God. Be filled with the Spirit. The Bible says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And when you're filled with the Spirit, you will know and understand things that your mind could never see or comprehend. Because there's spiritual truths sp spoken and taught by the Spirit of God. Oh, it's so exciting. So it says here in verse 13, even from eternity I am he, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I act, and who can reverse it? Verse 14, thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. He's talking to Israel here. Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake, I have sent to Babylon. In other words, he was gathering them out of Babylon at this point and have brought down all their nobles and the Chaldeans whose cry is in the ships. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the creator of Israel. Oh, how I love it. I just get so excited. I am the Lord, verse 15. Your Holy One, the creator of Israel, your king. So people say, well, Israel doesn't, they don't deserve to be a nation. They, they shouldn't be a nation. Uh, you know, these people are deceived. We love all people. But let's, let's understand 
that God created Israel, and he says right here in Isaiah 43, 15, that he is their king. I am the Lord, your holy one, the creator of Israel, your king. I'm going to stop there. I didn't get as far as I wanted to, but, you know, I just try to flow in the spirit of God. God loves you so much. He doesn't want you to be ignorant in any way. God hates ignorance. He wants people to know the truth. He wants people to be enlightened. That's why Paul prayed. He said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding or heart being enlightened or the Greek flooded with light that you might know the hope of his calling. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? I don't have, I'm out of time. But I love you. I hope you come back next time. And we're going to continue with this great study of Israel and the end of days. 